Hey, I'm Benjamin Portnoy, the founder of Side Hustle Elevator. Side Hustle Elevator provides support, tools, training, and community to help you make more money and passive income through fun and fulfilling side jobs. And welcome to my interview series where I talk with people who I know are going to help you in your own side hustle to get better faster and make more money. With that, let's dive right in. Talking with Roshan Verk who went from knowing nothing about business to starting a company with the guy who is behind designing the billion dollar behemoth Slack. They created an online education business and got the business ranked number one in the world for several competitive keywords in only a year. He's also the man behind Spin Academy, an online DJ school that teaches users how to pack the dance floor, mix flawlessly, get the best DJ gigs, and take your DJ career to the next level. That's all very exciting. <laughs> so yeah, man, how's it going? Sounds exciting. I'm like, wow, is that me? That's that's not <laughs> exciting. I leave out the the grind, you know, like the hard work stuff is well that, not that's not as uh, <laughs> hypey and fun to talk about, but uh, yeah, that's, okay. we will get into the grind on yeah. this conversation. So uh how's your uh, we we talked a little before we went live, but how's your day going today? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm excited launching a bunch of new campaigns and new sites and stuff. So that's always fun. Awesome. Well, tell us how you got started, both uh, in marketing in general and as a DJ. I've seen some of your posts on Facebook, and you talked to. I mean, those pictures are awesome. You just you used Thanks, to man. Yeah. Pack houses, maybe still do. Yeah, yeah. No, I still play here and there. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the digital stuff, how I got into that was um, I kind of like was hanging around with a lot of people that were quite young and making a lot of money online, millions of dollars. And they were kind of retiring when they were 28 and 30. And I was like, man, this is nuts. Like I was doing all right DJing, but not even close. Yeah. To, like what, not even the same world as these guys. And I was like, obviously they got something figured out, man. Like you're retiring it. You know, I remember some of the guys would complain cause they'd be like, oh man, you know, I just like, I got too many cars like in my, in my driveway. Like I just, it's so annoying having all these cars to move around. And I'm like, you don't have it. Like you basically don't work anymore. You're yeah. 28 years old. And your biggest problem is that you're complaining about is like, you have to move your Land Rover and your Mercedes around. I'm like, man, like, okay, I got to get in on this. You know, like what yeah. is going on here? This is just crazy. And uh, I can I come from a fairly small city where, um, you know, it's not uh, normal to see that kind of wealth. And um, and so I just started learning from these guys and I was really lucky and grateful that they kind of like took me under their wing, uh, some of them. And I still kind of didn't really know what I was doing, but then one of the guys the, that owned uh, Metalab, uh, which is the guy, they made Slack and, you know, done stuff for Walmart and Disney, all these huge companies. He's like, hey man, let's start a, a uh, an online DJ school. And he used to come out to my shows and stuff. So. I was like, wow, finally, like there's an opportunity to like really learn this from people who really know what they're doing. Um, and from the outside, it was just so overwhelming. You know, there's like, I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to focus on. I don't know how to price. I don't know how to market. Um, and so I'm, I'm really grateful that these guys, um, uh, you know, Andrew Metal Lab and also some of these other guys um, kind of took me under the wing and showed me um, the ropes. And then, and then I kind of got thrown in, you know, to the deep end of starting an online business because um you know you don't i never started a business before and um you know i kind of took out all this this big loan um and we're like we're going to start this online DJ school and a lot of the guys uh were people were, and, and my family some of our family members and stuff you know were a little skeptical and, and a lot of people told me like this is stupid and crazy and you don't know what you're doing and 
I just, uh, you know, I kind of just went for it and figured, you know, I'm young, I may as well give it a shot. You know, I kind of got thrown in the deep end with the starting the business and I was like, okay, I got to learn how to do everything really. Um, he, uh, my business partner took care of a lot of the website stuff and uh, of designing the website. And um, I was kind of in charge of running the whole thing. So like hiring the DJs and, you know, all these different tasks that I had never done before. Um, and so, yeah, so we started out and we were putting a fair bit of money into ads and all this stuff and nothing was really working. And I was kind of like freaking out um, being a baby entrepreneur. Like I was super stressed out, like not sleeping and thinking like, oh my God, how do I spend all this money and nothing's working. And uh, maybe those people were right, you know, like I'm such an idiot. <laughs> but uh, thankfully that um, eventually what happened was, is we were spending all this money, like way more than we had coming in because it was, it was just a new business. Um, and we said, decided to cut those costs. And I decided to just like do everything myself as far as the marketing goes, um, just to bring down the cost because we're spending thousands and thousands a month on this stuff. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to learn how to do this myself. And um, we, you know, some of the stuff was working, but it just wasn't po positive ROI yet. Uh, so what I did was um, learned everything I could about SEO and just like grinded every night trying to get the site ranked. And eventually, after a few months of just grinding, um, it got ranked like number one in the world for how to DJ and learn to DJ in all these terms. And then the money just started coming in. And that was when it was like that moment of like, I almost gave up like before that because there was a number of things that happened that just like, and it, looking back, it was just my lack of understanding of business and how hard it is. Um, but, uh, you know, just some things that really like kind of like unmotivated me, uh, you know, like failure after failure after failure. Yeah. So um, there's, there's a lot to unpack here and I, I do want you to yeah. keep going, but I'd like to dig into a, a couple things specifically. Yeah, um, sure. So let's talk about, um, boy, there are a lot of directions to go with that. Let's talk about uh, how this process happened. You met this guy. He said, let's put together a course together. And yeah. I mean, talk about some of the specifics there, and maybe we don't have to go into too much de detail, but what was it, you know, was this just a plan for a single site? Who, right. you know, how were you going to, uh, bec because I've seen the site and the videos are very professionally done. So yeah. uh, did you have a budget going into it as right. far as production? Tell me about all yeah. of that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, one one of the main lessons I learned from the working with the these guys that have you know experienced business people is they go really quickly and fast. They don't sit and uh, um, you know debate things. So right away it was like the best idea that um, I think, and it was uh, his idea to come up was like let's do a subscription based service and let's teach people the DJ online with video, mm -hmm. like online video tutorials because. There wasn't anything out there for that, really, that was any good. There was zero subscription business for that. So nobody had done what we did. Um, so there was that. But they had done it for guitars and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. there was, like, these subscription services that were working for guitars, uh, for learning how to play guitar. Yeah. And so that is, I think, where it came from. And a lot of, including myself, before I became a professional DJ, um, if there was nothing, like, to, to learn. Like, it was really hard to learn how to do it. Everybody mm -hmm. didn't want to teach you because they didn't want you taking their job. Right. Yeah. So I would just go sit in, um, you know, and sit in these clubs until three or four in the morning, you know, every night until I and just studying and watching over and over again to learn this stuff. 
and it was really frustrating and difficult. But so that's that's where like we're like, okay, there's like opportunity to make money there because like I would have paid a lot of money to get what we offer at okay. the time. Good. Um, so great. And then yeah, as far as the video production stuff goes, yeah, we had a we did have a budget. Like it wasn't like a you know a startup in the sense of like we're working at our basement with zero money. Like yeah. we had, you know, I mean, I put at least ten or fifteen thousand right off the bat into things, and he put a bunch of money as well. Um, it's hard to say looking back exactly. Do you at least four about that? I you, to uh, I shoot the video. Out. You cut out there. Again oh, sorry. Yeah, we, we hired a full-time videographer for okay. about four or five months um, to help shoot oh. the videos. And it was just like a lot of content. Like there's over a hundred videos on that on the, wow. in the site. And they're really uh, well done, I think. Um, thanks to the video guy. He's incredible. Um, really awesome guy to work with. Um, uh, Mark Wyatt, I should give him a shout out. Um, yeah, and so that uh, that's kind of how it all transpired. I think we created the content in about six months of like me working on it full time and shooting the videos, um, and then did some later on. But the bulk of it was done in six months. Cool. Um, thank you for the the name of the videographer, by the way. He really did a fantastic job, from what I've seen. It's it's awesome. Yeah, he's a rad guy. Yeah. Um, so did you, as time went on, did you feel like this is what we planned for, or as so many projects go, this is just running way over time, way over budget? Um, I mean, you, it's hard to say, like, you have a budget for a startup, right? Cause it's like, when do you quit? Like how much money, like it only stops working when you stop spending money on it. Mm. I mean, like it only gets like, the, I shouldn't say stops working, but it stops, you know, when you stop working on it and spending money on it. So. I think it was really kind of like when we cut off spending all the money on the marketing, like having other people do the marketing was when we, I think both of us kind of came to the realization that it was like, we're just gonna, like it's an endless, it's a bottomless pit, right? To get something working online and you can just yeah. spend and spend and spend. So we're like, okay, let's limit the cost as much as we can, but mm -hmm. keep moving it forward. Um, and I think that's a good mindset for anybody really, unless they have buckets of money, yeah. which most people don't, is yeah. to do things as, as as cheaply as possible at first. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And um, there are these other DJs in the videos and yeah. the course. Uh, what was the arrangement with these guys when they came into it? Um, cash, just cold hard cash, basically. Just lump sum. DJs are used to getting paid in cash, and uh, yeah, I know all the guys, you know, from working in the scene, and yeah, you just get paid, you know, per session or whatever mm -hmm. we did, you know, like per lessons and stuff like that. So. That's cool. Yeah, I, I watched the scratching video and I, it's something I always, I mean, when I was 20 years old, I bought record players that were not the right record players and was sitting in my college uh, apartment trying to learn how to do it. And it's like, I wish I'd had this video back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard, yeah. So would you do it now that you've gone through all this, would you do it the same way had you had it to do over again? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's too many regrets, really, to be honest, because it ended up going okay. I think that we probably could have spent a bit less on some of this stuff. That mm -hmm. you know, uh, cutting things off when they're not working sooner. I think that was like one of the big lessons I took, uh, especially with the marketing. Um, you know, like a lot of people that, uh, and to no fault, like not trying to throw anybody in the bus, but like when you're when you hire people to do marketing for you 
quite often the incentive is, for them is to keep everything going, right? Mm -hmm. And and being in the marketing industry myself now, um, that you know there is some truth to like you have to work hard at things, and they take months quite often. Like especially SEO, you got to invest you know six months to a year or whatever to get things going. But there's some things that you know fairly quick if it's like there's a promise of it working or not. Yeah. And now that I know the metrics to look at and everything, I'd be like, okay, I would have cut that off sooner. Yeah. I would have been like Google ads was an example. Like they were, you know, um, they were working, but the way we had the business structured, it was losing money. And I, I probably would have invested more in SEO, like mm. switch to focus more on SEO and then gone back to Google once I had figured out the whole value ladder and all these other things. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, so that's probably a bit, one of the big lessons I learned from that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And to back up a step, why did you guys make it a, uh, a monthly recurring versus a lump sum payment? Um, I like money coming in every month, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, I think it's just, uh, um, it was a smart idea. Uh, and uh, it wasn't my initial idea. So I can't take credit for it. But now everything I've learned in business says that like, you want recurring revenue, like recurring revenue is like, if you can get that, you want it, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and also just like looking at the customer lifetime value and, and how much, you know, all these other subscription companies like lynda.com, you know, people sign up for months and months. I've had people signed up, oh man, for so long on the site. And uh, we tell them like, you can cancel anytime and all this stuff and, and they can, but you know, usually people, you know, they forget or they come back to it and they're on for months and months and months. So instead of getting $20 or $50 up front, I have people signed up for three years, right? Mm -hmm. um, or more in some cases. So, so it's just like, it, um, it's just, it just makes sense. I mean, even Warren Buffett talks all the time about creating habitual purchases and, and uh, recurring revenue is like, is, is the, you know, it's just so good for business. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's a different way to look at it. Do you feel like, uh, you know, you get a few people with the churn, they're gone after a month or two, and then you have those people where it's, they're around, like you said, two or three years. Do you feel like those balance each other out versus making it a lump sum for say a few hundred bucks or something? I think we actually tested both, to be honest. I think at one point I was like, let's just try. But what we found was, is like certain price points would scare people away. Mm. Right. So like the $19 mark statistically worked the best. We AB tested $19, $9 a month, $100 a month, I think, yeah, a few other ones. And the 1995 just had more monetary value. Like mm. you get more signups and, and, um, and so, sorry, I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, absolutely it does. And that's, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. That, that's what you're talking about. So yeah. So like if I put it for a hundred dollars and a one-time fee, people just wouldn't buy it. Yeah, they'd be like. I think a lot of it in this case was because people that want to learn how to DJ quite often are young men who have no money. <laughs> like, you know, so they're not. They're like a hundred bucks. Like, man, like that's that's a lot of money, right? We're, I'm not selling to businesses or something. So, so do you think you would approach it differently if it were a different audience? So let's say you're selling golf videos, golf education. Right. Where it tends to be older. I mean, we're gonna stereotype here, but it yeah. tends to be older men who do have money. Uh, by the way, my yeah. co-anchor is here. 
Oh yeah. This is Rex. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a dog. I may not show him on camera because yeah. <laughs> sometimes Probably I don't have a choice. He's, yeah. He's pretty forceful yeah. in how he comes in. He, he's in like yeah. half my interviews. He just shows yeah. up. Um, yeah. So do you feel like it, it would be different? Uh, would you price it differently or would it all be just, you got to test it and see what works? Um, sorry, if I was to go back and do it again, would I? No, I'm sorry. If you had, if you were pushed, cause now you do, and this might be a good segue. Oh, right. For a different business, right? Yeah. Right. With uh, different, um, because it's a different perceived price point or a different perceived, right. you know, a hundred or 200 or $500 isn't yeah. as scary to people who don't, you know, who have the money to spend. Um, I mean, I love the subscription model and I use it still. So for okay. my existing business, um, I think there is a place for one-offs, but I mean, it's just so much easier to build a business when you know how much money is coming in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so now I have people signed up for subscriptions with me from anywhere from 1,000 to 5,000 a month. And wow, that's great. Um, and like, it's so tough when you're going from project to project. And I know like we're still a very small agency and um, I've got a long ways to go, but I know guys like my mentors and stuff, they have people, they have guys doing like, they're doing like, you know, multi-million dollar projects. And sometimes they're, you know, putting up 400,000 in labor up yeah. front before mm -hmm. they get paid. And then they got to wait because these bigger companies have all these policies and procedures. They got to wait another six months or whatever to get paid. Yeah. And to me, that's like, just thinking about that gives me like a heart attack, you know? Like, I, <laughs> I don't want to do that, man. Like, that's like, yeah, like that sucks. Like, I, you know, I can plan better. I can do a lot of different things by having that recurring revenue that you just couldn't do um with the yeah. with the lump sum fee yeah cool all right well let's move on uh tell me by the way we'll put this up again at the end but here's the address if you're watching on youtube for spin academy where you can go check it out and learn how to dj and they'll feature you on their website that's a yeah. lie. They won't do that. All right. So tell us about uh, Method and uh, what kind of projects you guys do. Uh, you know, tell us about it. Give us a, a nice little intro. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Method Marketing is a, a, we do online advertising. So we do Facebook ads, Google ads, and websites mostly. And we do also do SEO. Um, and why I started it kind of was like when I started the DJ school, I realized that a lot of these companies out there were charging a lot of money to do marketing and you would get very, um, you know, you would barely get to talk to them and they'd charge you like three, 4,000 a month. And uh, the service wasn't really there. And I didn't feel like, um, you know, a lot of the companies offered a lot of, um, they really cared about what was going on with the business. And yeah. I, um, that really bothered me. And I do feel like every client I take on, I really give them, the best um, of myself I can. Like we work really hard on it. We really do care about them. Um, and we try to do the best work we can. And so I thought that, that that element was missing from a lot, especially a lot of the bigger agencies because they just have so much volume. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that they're bad or anything, but it's just a different style of business, right? They have so much volume and they're doing huge companies and the smaller businesses, um, you know, doing a million or, you know, a few million a year, they get kind of shoved down to the assistant at the bottom of the company and they barely talk to them and they're, you know, often doing shoddy work. And yeah. so that was where I was like, there's a big opportunity here for me to work with businesses and, and do a really good job. And I find it really fascinating. Um, 
the work is always like interesting and challenging. So that's kind of uh, how that started. Cool. And do you have a particular, I mean, obviously you're going for a reasonably similar price point or revenue point uh, with your, you're not going after a billion dollar companies. No, not yet. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So who, um, uh, who are you going after? Who's your ideal? Uh, um, yeah. I mean, we, right now I'm, I'm focusing a lot on trades. Uh, I find the trades businesses to be really good to work with. Like a lot of really down to earth, nice guys that have, um, have revenue coming in to like support the marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the past I've worked with tech, all sorts of different kinds of industries and, they, you know, tech in particular just really didn't work well. Um, I found them not to be that great to work with. But with <laughs> that said, there are exceptions. There were some that were really good. But it's just the nature, I think, of startups and, and tech is that it changes so fast and so mm-hmm. frequently that they're like trying one idea one minute and then they're like, actually, let's just switch and do something the next month. And then you get cut off. So it was like you invest all this time and money um, initially in marketing to get everything up and going. And then they just cut it off and change ideas. And it, it just wasn't a uh, very good, sustainable business. Okay. Um, so going into trades, uh, give us some examples of who is involved in that. Or, or what kind of companies? Yeah. So yeah. like um, plumbing companies, home service businesses, um, all sorts of kind of any anything really like roofing, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But we still take clients from other industries as well. And the, processes are fairly similar, but those are the ones that I have found to be the best to work with. Okay. And, so primarily yeah. local businesses? Not local to me, but oh, okay. yeah, small, smaller, doing a million to 5 million a year is kind of like what we're doing mostly now. Great. Yeah. And are you also getting them ranked like on Google reviews, Yelp reviews, that kind of thing? Or are you focusing primarily yeah. on advertising? We focus first initially on paid mostly, so Google uh, Google Ads and um, and Facebook. But mm-hmm. now we're kind of working more into the SEO realm because I'm just learning more and more about, you know, what's actually driving the most amount of money to the, the most amount of business and calls. We track everything with call, you know, call tracking, and we can see where the money's coming from. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity in SEO, so um, that's something we're focusing on more lately as well. So. Call tracking versus email leads coming in? Yeah, email, we haven't had too much luck with. I mean, we haven't tried it too much either, mm-hmm. to be honest. Or not email, <laughs> but like lead gen forms, like a. Oh, know. yeah, yeah. No, we haven't found them to work that well, to be honest. Like email lead gen for the. Because the thing with trades is quite often, like plumbing is a good example. Like if your pipe's bursting and the water's coming out, you're not going to be like, Hey, I want to sign up to your email list. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. you're going to like get on the phone and be like, man, I got to get somebody over here uh, as soon as possible. So okay. we found that driving phone calls has been like the most effective form for them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so do you help with uh, processing people down the funnel once they've made the call or is that where your portion of things stops? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So basically we get them the, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tricky one. So we get them the calls, like we get the phones to ring for them mm-hmm. and then it's kind of up to them. But with that said, um, I like to keep a close eye on all the accounts and make yeah. sure nothing's cause the problem is like, I initially thought I'm like, Oh great. You just get the call to ring and then they'll make more money and everything will be great and it'll be easy. 
And it's like, no, nah, I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not that simple. So, I mean, one example was no, this one company we worked for without naming names, their secretary just wasn't paying him the phone. Right? <laughs> so I was like making all these calls and I was like, what's going on, man? Like we got them like a hundred calls this month, like new customers and over half of them, there's no, there's nothing happening. I'm like, is it during business hours? Yeah, no, it's during business hours. Like what is going on? And then I, and then I'm like calling and we, I finally figured out by looking at the call tracking and just doing the math on the hours and stuff that she just wasn't, she was just on lunch. Like she was wow. all the time. Right? Wow. And I'm like, Hey, like this isn't going to work. Like you got to get your secretary to pick up the phone or you listen to the phone calls too, which is like, you know, it's all legally done and everything, but like you have a call track and I don't do it, um, you know, too much, but I like to see, make sure everything's working at least. Mm. And then you hear things like people just not selling. Like they just don't care. Like they, yeah. uh, and it's not like, it's not, I'm not trying to like say it's the business owners. Like, I mean, it, in some ways it kind of is their fault, but like, you know, they have to, it's hard, right? Cause like you, for them to monitor everything that's going on all the time is really difficult. Sure. And sometimes you just hire somebody who you, you don't know is not actually doing their job. Yeah. So that's just like a couple examples of things. There's lots of other ones too that can go wrong. Yeah. Um, so we try to keep an eye out just to make sure everything's the calls are coming in. They're actually making money. Um, but yeah, we don't go, I sort of stop the line at the sales thing. Like we, we don't like, help them too much with their sales pitch if they asked us to we might but it's just kind of like where do you draw the line right like i sure. can keep going further and like how you enter them in the crm and how are you doing upselling and how are you doing all this other stuff yeah. um which we do kind of coach them on like i i ask them those questions like are you doing all this stuff but then after that i'm kind of like okay well you're aware of the process and that's your sort of side of things is like to take care of yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you're defining your role in the process and where your yeah. largest amount of value comes in. That makes yeah, a lot yeah. of sense. So where um, there are more questions I want to ask about that. But if somebody were to get into the industry where you're in, which is getting the phone to ring, yeah, what's the idea? What's the best way in this day and age? What you know, give us a, a hint or two as far as how to learn things that you know how to do? Is it experience? Should you take yeah. courses? Yeah, I mean, I think really for me, what it all comes down to is like setting up the right habits and, mm -hmm. and just sticking to it. And I think if you set up the right habits, you're gonna succeed um, at what you're doing. The trick is like actually doing it. So take courses, but take courses from the right people okay. to make sure they're very high authority. They really know what they're doing. Ideally, they've worked with large companies or a lot of small businesses. Yeah, um, I I, sp I would spend ten hours looking for the right course um, rather than taking just whatever course is out there. Like, it's very important to, to learn from the right people. Yeah. So I would take courses. Um, I would read blogs. I mean, I do. I still do all this stuff. I mean, um, so I have one day a week where I just all I do is like take courses, read blogs, um, mm. listen to podcasts. Um, and you kind of have to, to stay up on all this stuff. Yeah. So that's like the learning aspect. And then, so that's one aspect, one habit. The other habit is actually doing it. And so I would say, just do it for whoever you can at first. I mean, friends, family. Um, I mean, it is tricky because you don't want to uh, burn those bridges and you're, you're going to suck when you start. Period. Yeah. Like there's no way around that. Right. Um, so, I mean, ideally you kind of maybe, um, you do it a smaller pieces of work, you know, say if you're doing websites, 
you know, build a few or build like two or three by yourself for nobody. Mm -hmm. Just and just try it yourself, and then go after like start um, trying to get clients and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. So uh, specifically for what you do, what courses mm -hmm. and blogs would you recommend? What do you read on a regular basis? Oh, uh, there's a lot, man. Um, I mean, for for SEO, Ahrefs, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, right. but mm -hmm. SEO, Ahrefs is kind of like the authority in the space. And Moz is also good, though. I've noticed they've stopped producing content as much, which is a little Moz has? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so that's for SEO, for PPC, there's a bunch of different stuff. I mean, digital marketers is pretty good for the basics um, mm. in Google, but they don't go super advanced with Google. They have pretty advanced Facebook courses. Um, and then, you know, as far as like audio podcasts and stuff, I listen to um, what are the, uh, like Neil Patel has, has got some pretty good stuff, but I mean, I, I think you gotta you gotta learn all this stuff, but like you really gotta do it. I mean, all this. Uh, and when I started, as well, um, you know, like I knew all this theory, and it all sounds great. And all these courses are like, yeah, you just like do retargeting, and then you just you just do this, and then you blog, and it all works beautifully. And it's like, no, man, like it. Like first of all, like the, I think one is like understanding the as a marketer that you know eight out of ten of your ideas are gonna fail, and that's if you're decent. Right. If you're really good, then you're maybe at like six out of 10 are failing. Right. If you, and, and I'm talking about like the best in the world. Right. Yeah. So like, so I think you have to, and that's one thing I used to beat myself up all the time. Like, ah, oh, this isn't working. This story. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's the business. Like, yeah. Get used to it and, and learn and keep practicing and move on. So, um, so yeah, those are some of the, some of the, there's lots more. Um, but I would always be looking at always trying to find new ones. Cool. Um, I've been spending a lot of time uh, checking out, I think it's Brian Dean, Backlinko. Oh, okay, cool. He's, yeah, uh, he's kind of wrote the book on SEO about five years ago. Um, and I just found him recently when I was trying to sort of get back up on SEO. Um, yeah. So, okay. yeah, Backlinko. <laughs> I think com, but he has a ton of YouTube content too that I've been getting into recently. By the way, for anyone who's watching or listening, who's just totally uh, confused by what we're talking about here, um, he mentioned A-B testing, which is basically putting a, an ad or a post or an email out there and then testing it against a slightly different one to see which one does better. So you can do that over and over again, A, B, A, C, A, D, B, B, whatever. Uh, so that's A, B testing. And then we mentioned PPC, which is pay-per-click. Uh, those are ads that you're placing. It's not always per click, but ads that you're placing on platforms like Facebook, Google, YouTube, LinkedIn, that sort of thing. And SEO, which is search engine optimization, uh, which is to get your website and or web properties ranked in the search engines, typically Google. Would you add to any of that, Rashawn? No, oh, that sounds good, man, yeah. Cool. By the way, am I, I should have asked you this beforehand. Rashawn, am I pronouncing it right? Um, it's close. It's like ocean with an R. Roshan. It's like 
everybody butchers it, so don't worry. Oh, about it. Yours, nice. yours isn't that much worse than anybody else. So. I apologize. <laughs> it's like okay. it's one of those things where I thought I had it right, yeah. and I totally did. Oh, it was, it was close. It's all good. Okay, well, I'll give you your money back here on this one. <laughs> um, Roshan, now I feel bad. That's one of those things I should have done. Before. Oh man. So no worries. No worries. That and my cat's running in here, and this just this whole thing's what kind of operation are you running here, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All starts crumbling behind me. Yeah. <laughs> um so how has um how has been becoming a marketer changed your life? Do you have too many cars in the driveway like your mentor? Yeah, no, I wish, not yet. Um, that's one thing too, is like you learn that it's not that kind of wealth at that young age is a very unique thing yeah um i've done uh yeah it's like it's you know there's not a lot of people that um very few that have that hardest and um and being really smart and luck like some of the you know i had one uh one guy it was crazy story how he he just started making wordpress pages websites uh before like any of the themes before anybody else really had been on there and and uh, well there was people on there but not very many and then his his theme ended up just getting um like kind of going viral everyone was using it and he was getting all the backlinks from the theme so he ended up getting ranked like number one in the world for like website design which is like nowadays i mean this is a long time ago but now like that the amount of value that that has is just completely insane so he definitely put a lot of hard work in it. He made great teams, but he also was very lucky. So, um, but yeah, I'm sort of diverging. So the, yeah, I mean, uh, how has it changed my life? I think the main thing for me is that it's freedom, right? Like mm. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. And um, while the monetary stuff is coming and, and uh, you know, I'm doing all right and things keep growing every year, like, and I'm like quite a bit, um, it's more, it's not honestly like the, it's not even really the money that is is the greatest part about it. I don't think it's just the freedom of lifestyle and that like what kind of life you can create with that mm-hmm. um, that I like personally. Not every yeah. it's not for everybody because you have lots of other stuff that comes with that. But that's what I'm most stoked about is that I can kind of create something from nothing and build a business and have freedom to do what I want when I want um, yeah. is is something that is I'm very grateful for. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, that's that's a double-edged sword because you you don't have a, a paycheck coming in on a regular basis. I think that's the uh, what people go back and forth on all the time is yeah. uh, you have that freedom, but you also have to continually make it earn it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have subscriptions, so that's that's nice, yeah. but it's not the same, right? Yeah. So that's kind of like the middle. That's why I like it is because it's sort of a middle ground. Um, and it's still like, it's still, you know, working in marketing, it's not an easy, it's not for somebody who's wants a low stress job, you know, yeah. like, cause people, you have to do a good job. If you don't do a good job and you can't show that you're making a company more money, they fire you. Like, that's just how it works. Yeah. And sometimes they fire you even when you are making them more money, mm-hmm. right? Be- for whatever reason, right? Like not that they don't like you or they don't like your service, but like that, you know, they run out of money themselves or they decide, to sell their business or like whatever, like some, all these other variables. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's something you get used to over time. And as you get better and better, you become more and more secure at what you're doing. So, um, so yeah, you know, it's been a wild ride. Awesome. Um, 
going back a step, and I know we're jumping around quite a bit, but that's okay. Uh, do you, I, I've heard a lot of people say, and I don't know if I agree with this, but I'd like your take on it. Do you feel like as platforms, as ad platforms, have Google and Facebook become saturated to the point where it's difficult to actually get ROI on there? Or is it still working just as well? You just have to sort of do it differently. Yeah. It's all harder because it's more expensive. Mm -hmm. So as soon as it's more expensive, it's harder, usually. Um, I mean, if you look at the cost per click now versus, you know, like a few years ago, even it's gone up significantly. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, if you could afford to pay, you know, a, just as a DJ school, as an example, the cost per click has gone up a little bit, not as much as I thought for that. But, um, you know, it used to cost us like, I think it was like 40, around 30 or $40 to acquire a customer. And now it's like 50 or 60. Mm. So just like the numbers make it harder. Yeah. Um, so you just have to be smarter. I don't think they're oversaturated and you can't make money. You just have to be better at what you do. And like, you have to do things that like, for example, like optimizing, this is something that I really wish I knew more about earlier on for customer lifetime value is huge and upsells are also really huge. Yeah. So a lot of people shy away from acquiring a customer at a loss or break even, but the smart companies are doing it and they're making a lot of money in the long run because mm -hmm. they know if they acquire somebody at a break even or a slight loss, that that customer in the long run is worth tens of thousands or whatever number yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, so you have to be smarter about it, but yeah, absolutely. It's still working for sure. Yeah. Like I, and I thought the same, you know, when you get in these ruts, sometimes starting, especially you're like, oh, nothing works. Like it's too. Or stuck at it. Like that's why it's not working. Or it's just not the right platform for what you're marketing. Right. Yeah. And that can be yeah. the case too. There could be something better. But usually more often than not, I find there's a space to make Facebook work and Google work um, for almost every business. It's just being better at it, like mm -hmm. being smarter about it. Yeah. That's, those are great answers to the question. It also takes us down a path that I'm really curious about because I've heard you mention it a, a few times that it's really easy to get bogged down into making it personal when things don't work, that oh, I'm yeah. not good enough to do something. Yeah. I've tried yeah. this a million times, it's never gonna work. So did you deal with that at some point? It sounds like maybe you did. And if so, yeah. how'd you get past it? Yeah, I think everybody does that's in this industry at some point. Um, and it's still, to be honest, it's still something that I deal with, but I think I'm just way better at like putting it aside now. Like, I think you just can't get too emotional about that stuff. Um, initially, when I started the business, that was when I put all this money in and time and effort, and I thought it was actually going to fail completely. <laughs> that was when I was like, yeah, this like this really sucks. Like, yeah. I, I feel, you know, like, um, but yeah, once you read more and more about it and like reading about how these really good marketers have failed a million times doing what they're doing and then you just realize that it's normal. And like one of my mentors told me a while back, he was like, um, I was like, I was all stressed out and worried about this stuff. And I'm like, man, what if my business fails? Like I'm so screwed. And and he's like, yeah, he's like, well, and I was like, yeah, like the odds are crazy. Like nine out of 10 businesses fail, right? And they're insane. You don't like looking at those odds is just, it's nuts, right? And he's like, well, just start 10 businesses. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, just start 10 businesses. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I never like, I never thought about it that way. But the, the reality is it's kind of true. I mean, if you keep trying and you keep iterating and you keep 
um, innovating, eventually you're going to land on something that works, right? As long as you're smart about it. And so, yeah, I think that's the best way to get past it. I'm writing that quote down. I'm going to use it in Sharpie all over the wall that's falling down. <laughs> and eventually you're going to find something that works. I like that. If you keep trying, iterating, and innovating, eventually you're going to find something that works. Right? Yeah. yeah Roche. That may just be a uh, a uh, Instagram thing that I put up, and I will absolutely attribute it to you. Okay, so uh, getting kind of towards the end here, we've had a lot of good questions. Do you or uh, uh, good conversations here? Do you have any particular tools that you guys really use and love? I, I saw ClickFunnels was on your site, Unbound yeah. on your site. What right. else? Um, I wouldn't say I love ClickFunnels. <laughs> I use it. Um, I find it a little clunky. There's some good things about it, um, for sure, though. Like, it's easy to create membership sites, Yeah, which I liked. Um, generally, you don't need a web developer to do a lot of stuff. Unbounce is really good for landing pages. Uh, as far as other tools, I've, I've used Moz in the past quite a bit for SEO. Um, uh, we use Google Keyword Tool all the time. Um, mm -hmm. What other ones I'm trying to think of? Um, yeah, I mean, those are, I think those are, I think those are the main ones. There's there's some new like cool WordPress plugins and stuff that um, you know I think it's Elegato or Elementor or something. Elementor, mm -hmm. I think it is. That's which cool. is like it's pretty impressive because I remember, I remember when I was designing sites and I had to custom code everything by hand, like CSS and everything. And it was such a pain in the ass. And then now you can just like drag and drop stuff. It's just like unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so that's like kind of cool to see how much that's progressed. Uh, but yeah, I think those are kind of like some of the main main tools. How about your DJ setup? Oh, like what I use there? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a oh man. Um, I mean I I'm a pretty I'm a diehard pioneer guy. I mean mm -hmm. I think they make the best product as far as like CDJs go and turntables go. They're just like um, the highest caliber of stuff. If you work professionally as a DJ. There's a big difference between like professional gear and amateur gear. Mm -hmm. Or I shouldn't say that sounds like a condescending. I don't mean a condescending, but if you're starting out, um, there's like pro gear that you use in big clubs with large crowds, and there's gear. There's a few things that pros use, and that's you know the only gear that I would ever use, um, which is like you know pioneer high-end pioneer turntables and either a pioneer rain. Or um, I'm missing one brand there for the mixer. But yeah, all pro audio stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, well, we have a few final questions here. So you are a DJ. So you wake up in the morning, you're going through your day. What are you listening to? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I listen to everything, man, to be honest. I listen, I'm all over the place. Um, I'll listen to pop sometimes. I'll listen to... Um, like underground EDM, I'll listen to like hardcore rap, like gangster rap. I like a lot. Sometimes I like the like dubstep remixes with gangster rap, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, I'm all over the place, you know. Nice. Uh, so yeah. Okay. And uh, what beverage starts? You I ask these two questions about. Oh yeah, yeah. What beverage starts your day, and what's your quitting time beverage? Oh, Quentin time beverage. I'm pretty much coffee. Um, 
I'm trying to dial back the caffeine, but uh, I still have coffee in the morning, just a little bit less mm-hmm. and in the evening as well. Um, and um, yeah, I don't, I kind of dropped the alcohol stuff. I used to be so like rely on it for stress relief, but yeah. thankfully I, I don't do that. I need to do that anymore. <laughs> so, That's good. Uh, what do you use yeah. for stress relief? Um, or do I you? exercise, I do, I exercise about an hour and a half a day and then um, try to eat healthy and, um, take a couple hours in the evening to wind down. Uh, I find helps a lot, um, rather than just like working all night and not sleeping and drinking too much caffeine, <laughs> but it's, it's easy to get in that cycle when you're starting, but it's not good. It's not healthy. Yeah. So the classics. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you and to learn more about you? And, uh, we'll flash these on the screen, the, the URLs again, but go ahead and tell us, give us some calls to action here. Yeah. Um, I think method marketing is, uh, .co there is the best way to get a hold of me, um, for the, the agency stuff. And just, if you want to give me a shout and have a question or whatever, I'm more than happy to answer it. Um, yeah. And if you want to learn how to DJ, go to spin academy <laughs> spin yeah. hyphen academy academy.com correct yeah, yeah. awesome anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off here i don't think so yeah okay cool well my name is benjamin portnoy and i am the hustler in chief at side hustle elevator really appreciate everybody tuning in here and listening uh, if you have any questions for me as well, go to sidehustleelevator.com. It's a great place to learn about where to, uh, how to get started with a side job to make more money, make more passive income, and do things you love in the process. So, been talking with Roshan Verk, and uh, really appreciate your time, man. All right, thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, you bet. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Hey, thanks for checking out the episode. To learn more and get all kinds of free resources to help you in your own side hustle, go to www.sidehustleelevator.com. See you next time.